0: Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought provoking questions over three delicious cocktails. Yes, you heard me right. We are ditching the vino this week. And that's because this is a very special live episode of the podcast created in partnership with Acast and Law for the Law Secret podcast experience. Law coffee artists take the time to create beauty in every sip of Law coffee, something I experienced firsthand at our live recording when we were served three deliciously gorgeous cocktails, a coffee Negroni, a Kahlua iced coffee, and an espresso martini, which was obviously my favourite. For this episode, I was lucky enough to be joined by our secret guest, a real friend of mine, none other than Lisa Snowden. Over the course of a varied and quite frankly amazing career, Lisa has proven to be a master in many fields, not least when it comes to conversation. Through her work on TV, live radio, and her podcast, Get Lifted, she has a unique way of connecting with people. We spoke about the importance of real conversations, especially the difficult ones, and how best to approach them. Another area that Lisa's demonstrated her skills is in food. And she recently was crowned the Celebrity MasterChef Champion for 2022. We got the lowdown on that and so much more. Law, believe life is richer when you lose yourself in the moment. And they're so right. We really did lose ourselves in some seminal moments as we chatted. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or a cheeky cocktail. Who am I to judge? Get comfy and enjoy this episode dedicated to the art of brilliant time-stopping conversation. Welcome to a really special edition of White Wine Question Time. Regular listeners will know that uh, normally I try to pose three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine, but we're mixing things up on the drinks front tonight as you here let me hear you. Yeah? But you really have had a drink, haven't you? <laughs> You've been at the cocktail bar, yes. Uh, this, this episode is coming to you live from London's Spring Studios, and uh, it's been created uh, in partnership with Acast and Law for the Law Secret podcast experience. And everyone here has won a ticket tonight, so thank you for entering. Uh, courtesy of Law, we've got... Have you, met, have you met our barista tonight? Deepak is on the case. He is going to be making three coffee-infused cocktails as we navigate three thought-provoking questions. If we are still talking by the end of it, he's failed. <laughs> And when I say talking at the end of it, we will, of course, be talking. Whether you understand it or not is another matter. So, we've got our questions, we've got our cocktails. What we need now is a guest. She's the face of fashion on This Morning, and she uses her platform to speak openly about women's health and the menopause on her podcast, Get Lifted. Today, as we record this show, it's World Menopause Day. And, oh, by the way, she's just been crowned the MasterChef winner. So... Right now, life could not be better for her. I'm so thrilled she's here. Ladies and gentlemen, cocktails at the ready. Show some love for Lisa Snowden. (laughs) Ah, Oh gorgeous girl. And how's your day been today? Because you know for you, World Menopause Day is a bit
1: like being an elf at Christmas. You're busy. <laughs> There's lots going on today. It's been fantastic, though. The fact that we've got an actual World Menopause Day is fantastic. A whole month, actually. Um, but yeah, we've been in Parliament today. We've had a big rally. Um, yeah, fantastic. Lots of great women. You're going to be with us. I'm going to get you on board I'm with, you. with the menopause mandate. Just talking really openly about what happens. Um, And just trying to make changes within Parliament as well, you know, we're really passionate about, you know, free HRT and education in schools and, you know, just uh, people being able to have access to the HRT, which has been such a problem this year, really. Which shouldn't even be an issue, but it is, yeah. It's been been a busy day, but it's been really productive and good. So you're ready for a drink then? I'm ready for a drink, (laughs) bring on the cocktails!
0: Okay, so Deepak
2: is ready. Deepak, come on up Yay, to the stage. Let's hear it for Deepak. Well, so What have
0: we got? What have we got?
2: We have got two lovely Negronis. So, this has been made by the Law Coffee artist. We're using our Columbia blend, so give it a little bit of a sniff. That it, is delicious. A big slurp, and you're going to taste, ultimately, a little a few notes of citrus. The citrus is sweet. S- That's so s- nice. A sweet, smooth, Cheers. and fruity finish. Tastes Cheers. like
0: a smoothie. I mean, if, you, if, if I didn't know better, I'd say this is salad. Well,
2: that's good because there's more coming up. <laughs> I'll see you later for some martinis as well as some kooloa. See you soon.
0: Oh, thank you, thank Deepak. you. Ooh.
1: <laughs> this is how we do it. This
0: is nice.
1: This is that dangerous. lovely citrus oil is delicious. It's literally one of our five a day, right? It's not bad. Like you oh, said, it's they? salad. It's salad. it's it's raw this is gonna slip down a little too easily
0: now one of the reasons that uh law wanted to do this because they're master coffee makers they they insisted that when we did this show uh that we brought somebody onto the stage tonight that is a master in their field and that is you as a master of conversation i mean the air miles you've clocked up on the radio the conversations that you've navigated and on a personal note, recently you have been like, you've probably been my Obi Wan Kenobi lease. When I found myself in a menopausal puddle, um, in the corner of life, not knowing which way to look, where to go, you answered a call from me. And honestly, you have thrown me a lifeline and you've given me something of my sanity back. I'm still waiting for my waistline. Um, um, but you, I, you know, I joke, this is what I always do, but it's deadly serious. In a a sea of disinformation and misinformation, you were like a little life raft for me. Everybody now links you to the menopause as a conversation. So I wanted to know what makes you want to go there. Because it's not just the menopause. You went there with domestic violence. You've put yourself into conversations that a lot of people would just go, I don't need to do this. And yet you do. And there's no gain. Mm. You do it because it helps. And I'm, I'm the proof of that.
1: I mean, I do it because when you're going through it, as you know, mm. it's the loneliest, most terrifying place to be. You don't recognise yourself. No. You don't like yourself. No. You don't want to be around anybody and you shut yourself away and you don't want to work. No. And we have to work, you know? And it's like you just you just want to curl up in a ball and stay there all day. And now I know the tools and now I know what to do to help. So, but like when I think back to how that how I was, I don't want anybody mm. in the world to feel like that, to suffer like that. And... That's truly why I do it, just to be super transparent about what's happening, warts and all. Mm-hmm. It's not the sexiest of subjects. It's really not. It's really not. Yeah, and yeah. also men as well, because I think we always think that we just need to talk about it women to women. But actually, the men in our lives need to know about this too, because it does affect 51% of the global population, us ladies. But men are affected too. It's yeah. our partners, it's our colleagues, it's, it's our, our colleagues, brothers exact yeah.
0: sons. And my son, I had to sit down and explain this to him. It's like, Mum, why are you crying at Elton
1: John? It's like, it's not him, it's me. <laughs> well, we're not taught any of this in school. No. You know, we, just, we get taught about periods and pregnancy and puberty. Perimenopause was never mentioned, menopause was never mentioned. You just sort of left there. Yeah,
0: it's a really interesting. Like, in, just, let's just do a quick straw poll. In this room, did anybody until very recently know what perimenopause was? Show me your hands. Exactly. Nobody I mean, did. not a single hand. No. And I include myself in that. I didn't know. I did not know. Isn't that wrong? And yet, ladies, you know, there's probably, I'd say, 70% female audience tonight, every single one of you will go through the menopause. You're guaranteed two things in life. Death and the menopause, cheery stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so I just just want to arm women with the right information to kind of recognise what's happening, look out for those signs and symptoms and make an educated decision on what route they want to go down, making these life changes, talking to their partners, their family. That communication is so important. So important. It it saves relationships, it saves careers, it it gets you out of the door in
0: the morning. Totally. And the way you felt, by the time I contacted you, I was like you were in... You, you, in the depths of your menopausal madness. I almost messaged you with my eyes shut because I was so scared that you might not come back to me. And I needed it so badly because I'd seen so many doctors and I was so confused by this point. And the internet was telling me too much of everything and a lot of it was incorrect. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, my God, I'm, I just, I'm never going to untangle this ball of a mess of my life, my head. Yeah. And there you were. And since you've done that for me... And put me in touch with your our amazing doctor to yeah. Naomi Potter. I've started to pay that forward. For every me, there's probably, I mean, there's thousands of women that join your clinics every week. Yeah. Lisa does a brilliant online clinic every Wednesday with Naomi Potter called Midweek Menopause Madness.
1: Because it's on a Wednesday and it is about the menopause and it's the madness because you think you think you're going absolutely batshit crazy, don't you? You yeah. just don't recognise yourself. And that's all I want to do. I just want women to just to just know they're not alone. Like, I just... If I'd had that information eight years ago when I first started going through the perimenopause, because I was 42 when that first started happening to me, and I saw loads of doctors, like, a couple of years later, and I spent loads of money. It was so expensive, and they gave me so much wrong information. And the GP put me on antidepressants when I was 42. You know, we've... Unfortunately, this is is something that we hear a lot, right? So I just want to just... I I just want to talk about it. And I don't care... I just... I didn't care what people thought. I just wanted to be honest about what yeah. was happening to me.
0: Uh, what I think is really important is everybody is different, and everybody will experience menopause differently.
1: It's a bit of a moving target, you know. This whole thing as you get older, and it, it is tricky to have that sense of self-acceptance because mm. you do, like, we've always, I've always picked holes in myself ever since I was younger. Do you know what I mean? You're like, you find a little bit of this, and you're like, mm, look yourself in the mirror, and you, we can be so unkind to yeah. ourselves. Yeah. You know, we're not really appreciating what we're going through, and the. Yeah changes that are happening. And we would never speak to our friends the way that we speak to ourselves? To, about ourselves. We look in the mirror, you know, we say, oh, God, look at the state, you're like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, but you would never say that to a friend. So I feel like we have to just start readdressing that and being a bit kinder to, our, yeah. to ourselves. It, was a, it has been a battle with confidence. Yeah. And, confidence. Um, is confidence the thing. is the thing that gets knocked, and then you get hair loss and your skin changes. And I got and, more hair. Did you? And not just on the chin. Really?
0: <laughs> I've had the odd little, like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My friend Lee's wife, Jill. She calls them pork scratching hairs. So that's
2: <laughs> sexy, isn't it? <laughs> but she's so right.
1: But you know what's refreshing for me to have these conversations because I think for so long, because I was sort of judged on how I looked when I was younger. You're supermodel Lisa Snowden. Well no, I was never a supermodel. Super You're very cute. No, I was just I was just doing it as a career, and I did I did quite well occasionally. Sometimes I didn't, but whatever. But to sort of go from looking. So that's why I love the radio, because nobody knew what I looked like. Some people might have recognised me from MTV and all the modelling days. But now to be able to just talk about this stuff that is so far from my modelling days and sort of like sucking it up in a little bikini and being all like cute on a beat special cake girl yeah yeah so now i'm just like let it all hang out just be honest about what life throws at you and i just find that i get so much satisfaction from from that i love speaking to women in, in the toilet of a festival and they're like oh my god what do i do who should i speak to giving the numbers of doctors Same, and i'm doing and like the doctor <laughs> dealer it's like it's a really <laughs> good feeling i love it and i'm just like you need this you need that and it just gives me such satisfaction Another, helping women yeah and you know just because
0: you've tried HRT and it didn't work the first time around doesn't mean you shouldn't try other iterations of it or other doctors or HRT might not be for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't, just, don't just try one fix yeah. and when it doesn't work, walk away because this is, this is the next 10 years of your
1: life. Yeah, even longer. Just being like 10 years, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. We're living longer. Years ago, we'd be dead by now. Yes. <laughs> We would definitely have been dead by now. <laughs> you and I were like, cheers. Have you had the same as me? Yeah, cheers.
0: Have you had the same as me? A few cocked heads and going, so you really want to talk about menopause? You know, people will realise that you're quite old. I'm like, don't yeah. care about that. Do you, do you know how long I've been on, like, doing this? Like, I've been on telly since it was black and white.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if I if they, think they don't, know I'm old. <laughs> if they don't know by now. It,
0: yeah. Have you seen
1: Wikipedia. It's funny, isn't it? That used to annoy me because somebody on Wikipedia kept making me one year older than I was. Because I was like, I'm not 50 yet. And I was like, I was 50, like before I was 50. And I was like, I'm just still like psyching myself up for that. (laughs) And they just kept moving my birthday. And I was like, why are you doing this? It's like messing with me. It was like an enemy who hates me. Anyway, I've got it, I've got it back. You've it's got it most back. correct now. <laughs> what about those other difficult
0: conversations, Liz? Because when you were doing Britain's Next Top Model... Yeah. ..it's a big show, all eyes were on you, and you had a contestant that showed great vulnerability, and there was no need for you to open up about your own experiences, but you did, and it brought a lot of... Uh, ..probably difficult attention for you, if not unwanted... But it helped her in that moment, which is exactly what you're doing now with me and the menopause and other women like me. You, you seem to be able to put yourself out there when you can sense that others need you to share. And you, this in this instance, it was about domestic violence. It mm. was a
1: difficult subject matter. That was something that I'd never spoken about ever before. Mm. And it was something that I'd sort of buried... And I I didn't have the tools in order to actually process what I'd been through. Because I was in a very abusive relationship for five years. And so I'd sort of hidden it. But in that moment when I could see how much pain she was in, Mm. I just had to reach into that hidden area of myself and just, just try... Like, I've got such empathy for people like my heart is just like i just love people and i just hate to see them in pain like it kills me so i just had to dig deep and just try and offer her some sort of comfort comfort help you know a lifeline just to try and empathize and show her that she's not alone and that it it happened to me yeah. And I think that was a shock because nobody had known that. And I still haven't but, really spoken that much about it. No, but, but it's but, helpful that... Because
0: people wouldn't expect... I don't know why they wouldn't expect someone like you, and I'm using kind of air bunnies around that, because domestic violence... Happens to everybody. Yeah, no coercive relationships, whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, gaslighting. Like gaslighting. Just, yeah. It's varying degrees of... It's
1: yeah. a spectrum yeah. of abuse. And, I've yeah, I think it's, it gives... Do you know, I've never watched that episode. I have no, no idea how, how that... So for you to bring that up is actually, like, that's... That's big for you. Yeah. yeah. That is kind of big.
0: I think it provided her with permission to carry on talking about it, sharing it, and dealing with her emotions, because she, she wasn't less of a person, because you were stood there going, me too. And that's really helpful. And then there's all the other women that would have been watching around the country, around the world even. Mm. You'll never know how those conversations manifest themselves in other people's lives. But you probably do know well enough now that they will have been of help to somebody. That's massive.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, it gives me a lump in my throat. Mm. I mean, it's I mean, it is hard for me still to talk about it. Um, I parked it after that for a long time. Mm. And then I did something, I think in lockdown, lockdown did a lot for us, you know, there was a lot of negative, but there was also quite a lot of positive for me, like the menopause... Conversation. I felt brave to start talking about that much more openly then, Um, and I definitely did something on the domestic violence and the pain and the the hurt that I'd been through. For
0: you to share those reflections of those difficult times must have been very helpful to a lot of women.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and I did some charity stuff for refuge, and I was you know that really did bring home the fact that if you are in a situation you've got kids, God forbid, and you are in an abusive relationship whether you're a man or a woman. It doesn't just happen to women, does it, of course? Um, And that was a real... And I just thought, I've got to say something about this because I just thought, I'm just so fortunate that I'm not in that situation anymore. But I just know how difficult it is when you are and you can't get out of it. So I just wanted to highlight that and just to kind of... Again, just offer some comfort. Mm. Just to Interesting that you've never watched it back, though, so it's oh. obviously... Yeah, I don't something that you're still not that comfortable not with comfortable. having shared. Yeah. Mm. But difficult conversations are important, right? Yeah, really important. Really important. Um, I think they really make and shape you, and just... Um, you can have such brilliant breakthroughs by having these powerful conversations. Mm. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the people that you're, that you're sharing that with. Um... So I'm pleased that I'm able to do that. Yeah, put my big girl's pants on, as I say, and just try and <laughs>
0: be really. Don't stop doing it. Look at where you are. I mean, today you've come from Parliament. That's how. That's how far your conversations have rumbled. And um, for that, you know, I applaud you. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, Deepak, Question number two. Cocktail number two. Here he comes. nice by that the way delicious. cocktail number one. Oh look
2: this looks like an uh, this looks like a martini Whoa, ooh, ooh, ooh. do
1: not spill a single drop
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yes you're quite right we've got an espresso martini for oh,
1: yourself thank so you wow this
2: is again made with our columbia blend ooh, this sweet. is really good as a balance for mm. the vodka of course which is uh, really important alongside the columbia so it should taste quite well, mild taste the
1: vodka just fruity. tastes like coffee to me <laughs> mm.
2: well it's, uh, no, it's it's delicious it's, you like it? Yeah. Good. What
1: else have you added to it? Is it like a cinnamon or something? So we've got
2: some cinna- cinnamon garnishing just on the top, mm. and uh, with the Columbia, particularly the espresso martinis, mm. um, it's what I like to uh, drink be- before, during, and after hours. So um, it's I'm just going uh, to...
1: This would. Ju- I mean, I could drink this all night. Oh, yeah. This is such a fun party drink, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, oh, my goodness. It's, you know, it's it's what you have I've a been doing. List-
2: Enjoy your drinks. I'll be back in a little while Thank with you. some Thank you, Deepak. Drinks. No worries.
1: Cheers. It's definitely a little party pick-up, isn't it? Isn't that like- like One My of your God. favorite things to do after dinner, you're like, Oh, should we have an
0: espresso martini? Yeah, and you go,
1: really
0: <laughs> Yeah, dance. Yeah, that's what that then, then you think, Oh, figure out. You feel <laughs> a bit naughty, you're like, Oh, let's get a little giddy. Now, a martini is actually quite a seminal drink for you because, um, well, it's more than a cocktail. Uh, what should have been another campaign, so by this point, you'd been the hot girl in the lift in the Lynx advert. <laughs> been, I remember you so well in the special K advert because you just looked. Great We did about
1: four different special K adverts. Yeah, you. We always... kept coming back, and I was like, "Oh, this is
0: good. This is
1: good." They helped me buy my house. It was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a great way to start today. day. Keep them coming, special K. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so
0: this really, this this audition for a Martini advert should have just been really like oh. any other job. But then, obviously, when you signed on you realise that George Clooney was the face of.
1: So I ne- didn't nearly go to the audition, because it was like, they yeah. came in late on a Friday night, and my agent was like, you've got to go, this is a really big job, there's an actor called George Clooney, and my mum my was like, oh, George Clooney! She's him on oh, she... I, I can't do hospital shows, so anything like that freaks me out. So I'd sort of heard of him, seen him in like... But she was like, you have to go for this commercial audition. So I just went along and it was Friday evening and I just had to sort of go, George, no martini, no party and shut the door and do this like little acting thing. And they called back like literally Monday morning and said, you've got the job. And I was like, no call back, I just got the job. And I was like, must've been desperate. I got it, and then I flew to Barcelona for this commercial. So you
0: hadn't, obviously, you know, you just auditioned in London. Do, I didn't
1: have to meet him or no, do a chemistry that. test or anything like that. It was just, they just wanted a girl <laughs> at a party, just generic girl at a party, and he was coming in. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was quite exciting. Is it true that the take that they ended up going
0: with... <laughs> you do it. She does her research
1: so well, doesn't she? Is it, well, I don't know if it's true or
0: not, so... Um, but is it true that the take they ended up going with was so you'd shot lots and lots of versions but actually they just <laughs> put him there for one of them and it was actually him and you went George and they were try. like that's print that let's go Well, with
1: because that. he's so famous they didn't want him to be there all day so it was just you know the camera's there and I'm opening the door so how was, many times ha- did you open that door Lise I opened the door about 20 times <laughs> and they had a stand-in for him like I think his name was Fernando, like lovely Spanish boy, (laughs) Fernando, and I'd open the door and he'd be there and I'd go, George, and it was Fernando, and he'd go, and I'd say, no martini, and he'd go, I'd say, no party, and i slam the door in his face, and we did that, right, right, got that, and again, right, action, and I did that a few times, And then, unbeknownst to me, they, George had slipped in to come and see the filming and he came up and he stood um, on set and he said, let me just take that. And he got, he got in front of the door and I opened the door and I went, and it was him. He went, I was George! Like, I went, George! <laughs> and I just thought, I'll go with it. And I went, no martini? And he was like... And they went, no party. And I just shut the door. And that's the one they used. It was the one. I mean, I'm a terrible actress. That's how terrible I am. No, that's how bad I am that they actually needed to get in. Real George Clooney, not Fernando. Yeah, It's, it's not it wasn't no. quite cutting it. Yeah. So, um. yeah, that's the one. That's the one they did it.
0: But so, so this ad became something of a fork in the road in your life, right? It was a job like any other until it wasn't. It took you places. That you would never—I mean, you became known the world over because, obviously, you know, unlucky Fernando George was the one that you decided to keep in touch with.
1: Fernando <laughs> didn't even give me his number. Well, no, you lose, mate,
0: you lose. But you know, I said right at the top of this um, intro to, to to this show. Another of those moments was almost kind of like, you know, you being spotted dancing in a nightclub on a Saturday night at the MFI club <gasps> by an, a, a model scout. You were not planning to be ever a model. And yet this fork in the road moment came where somebody comes and taps you and says, have you ever thought about this? And life changes. So, I mean, is, is that another fork in the road moment? And, and if
1: not that, what others? Gosh. There's, there's, so, the first one, I think, was the Italo audition. So, going back to when I was 14. So, I was dancing and singing, and I wanted to be on stage. I went to see Cats, the musical, when I was 11. And we were literally in the front row, and I was like that. Ah, I have my, my jaws on the it. floor. My granddad was <laughs> snoring next to me, and I was like, how is he not... Like, this is this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. So I, was like, I want to be in Cats. So then I was doing my dancing classes and going to all of that sort of stuff after school every day. So I was rolling into bed knackered at like 8 o'clock at night. Um, and my dancing teacher said, why don't you audition for Italia Conti? And so then when you're 16, you would have this experience under your belt. Um, and then you just be, you know, you, you know it won't be as daunting, yeah. you know, in a couple of years' time. So I said, okay, great. So I went, we prepared, you had to do, a, like, it was like flash dance. It was like flash dance. It's there really was a it panel, is. and you had to sing, you had to do a poem, you had to, like, do three different dances. And they were just sitting there, like, tapping their pens. And, really? Uh, yeah, it was honestly <laughs> so odd. But cut two at the end of the whole day, they took my mum and dad into the sort of, the, the headmaster's office. And they said, now, she's not the greatest dancer. And she's not the greatest singer, but she definitely has something. I'm like, talk about backhanded compliments, do You oh know what God, I mean? That's so Looking harsh. back now, I'm like, no wonder I've had confidence issues all my life. You're not all that fabulous, but can can you pay you to come and join Something. <laughs> I mean, she's got something. That's what they wow. said. So then we had to make that decision on: do I now? All the plans had changed. I was supposed to stay at my normal comprehensive school until I was, you know, do my... It was the first year of GCSEs. Yeah. And so I was midway through the term. And so when it cut to, that was one of the biggest moments. So I did decide to obviously go to Teleconti, start in the middle of the term... I was completely out of my depth, this little suburban girl, getting the train every day as a 14-year-old in my little... Because where car, was the Conti? So that's at the Barbican.
0: That's in central London. That's yeah. a, it's right in the sort of heart of this metropolis of a city. Yeah, and I was, on,
1: I was going by myself every day so on the it, train. as much as you were born in Harlow, you were raised in Hertfordshire, yeah. so a bit of a commute to yeah. school every day. Absolutely. I had to get the train, I had to get the tube, and then I had to walk, and it was quite daunting. Um, anyway, so that was a big fork in the road where I seized the opportunity to do that and pushed myself to the limit. Um, it was a great experience. Um, I didn't ever make it to Grange Hill. All of the girls were in the Grange Hill, and there was. Who t- was in your year. So Emily Lloyd. Oh my God! Wish you were here. Yeah, she was fantastic. Trigger's daughter. Trigger's daughter. You know Emily Lloyd. She set up your bum a lot in like. Wish you were yeah. here. Remember it's Trigger? All right, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was Emily right, Lloyd Dave. was in was in my class, and she was fantastic. She was so naughty that every time there was a. <laughs> a school tour, they used to lock her in the (laughs) toilet. Because she would just do a really naughty thing. So she was amazing. Louise Redknapp, Louise Nerding, she was a couple of years down. Naomi Campbell. Yeah, no, so that was was a fantastic opportunity. Naomi Campbell. Yeah, Naomi was a Saturday girl. She used to come on the Saturdays, though. She wasn't actually at the school, so she'd come on a Saturday. Um, So that was a really big opportunity, and it was quite exciting slash daunting. And I think that that was one... Yeah, at one like that, that first start to kind of.
0: That's like stepping into Narnia, right? That's the yeah. other world that you're dreaming about, and suddenly you're in that world.
1: That must. I thought it was gonna be like fame, because I was. Was it? No, you know when they're all dancing on the tables. Yeah, but it wasn't as dancing on the streets and. But it gave out of,
0: you the no, confidence it did, it to go like, into another world, right? To yeah. Not
1: just be the girl at the comp in her local school. Yeah, yeah. And to dream big. Yeah, absolutely. We did it. No, it did. It absolutely did. I, I, I saw that the agency on, that was at the top of the school, people were going for auditions for Grange Hill. I did the title sequence for the Roxy, which was top of the Pops' rival. Show ITV on rival. ITV. It wasn't that filmed at Camden Palais? No, because I did the themed. I did the title sequence, so I was like jumping into a Cadillac with all these were cool kids, you? and it was like, yeah. So I sort of got a taste of wow. film commercials, photo shoots, and things like that. So that gave me that little kind of excitement to kind of think that I could perhaps go down that route. Now, there were two beautiful girls. There was a beautiful girl called Sabrina who was at my school, and she was stunning. And I remember walking out of the tube and falling in love with Christy Turlington, who was on this Vogue cover, and it was blown up outside a news agency. and she was all, like, in this Versace cat suit, and I was just like, who is that woman? And I literally fell in love with her. So that's when I started to kind of get into fashion and and, modelling and like that kind of creative... But there was a girl called Sabrina who was a model and she was fabulous. And I thought, and somebody was like, You should be a model. And I was like, No, that'd be ridiculous. I mean the uh, Christie, Sabrina. So I didn't you ever... see Naomi, she comes in on a Saturday, she yeah. might have a chance. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Legs I mean, up to it. <laughs> I don't know. i would give her a go. <laughs> <laughs> so there were some amazing women like around me, young girls who were actually quite mature for their age, and I was just like, There's no chance. So that was definitely a fork in the road for me, Italia Conti. So then which what well, talked me through was it MFI yeah so it was this like underground kind of like so i was going it's not where out. you buy sofas it's not mf it's not mfi there's I, no bank
0: holiday specials no there.
1: I don't even know what it stands for, but it was under the Westway. And it was the coolest, like, club. And it was all back in, like, 89, where it was all these illegal raves. Summer of love. Summer of love. And it was Acid House. It was the yeah. start of, like, soul, so. the best music. And, you know, just my youth of just, like, going out and just rebelling against my parents and having the best time. And Dancing all night. Just loved it. And so I was at one of these raves... And just having like a really good time. It's I rave. You were raving. It was a ra- I was. Oh, raving. You're so cool. I was raving. And was I it just... an illegal rave? No, that one wasn't. Oh. It was a club. Was... <laughs> I know. But we did go to lots. Did you have to convoys. go for the world's leather roundabout? <laughs> no, we did. <laughs> Only ravers would get that joke.
0: Sorry. I
1: love that. We did occasionally, <laughs> but not that night. And I remember I I grabbed my boyfriend at the time's cap and I stuck it on my head and then I just jumped up onto the stage. It was a little podium. It wasn't like a massive stage. And I just started grooving and I was just living my best life. Just living my best life. (laughs) Not professionally dancing, just grooving. And then somebody just... Pulled on my cycling shorts. The I, was cycling wearing, shorts I was wearing on. cycling shorts with high top Reeboks and a little crop top and a cap. I mean, like I, was a cherry. Like, I was like, Nana Cherry. <laughs> and she was like, Excuse me. And I was like, I'm dancing. Excuse me. I was like, Get off. And anyway, and so then she gave me her card and she said, I'd love to, you know, would you come in and see us? Um, have you ever thought about modelling? And I was just like, Don't be ridiculous. Kept the card for two weeks, didn't call her. You didn't no, call her? No, I didn't call her for two weeks. And I thought... So what changed your mind? <laughs> I needed the money. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good I was, reason. I was like, like, I, was like, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I was starting to sort of... Yeah, I think I'd left Italy, Gondi by that point. And I just thought, I just... Maybe, maybe, maybe. And I found the card and I thought, look, what have I got to lose? So I called her and I went into London and took the meeting. And that was another big... So which agency were you signed to? That was Max Presents. I met a lot of people that I still know now. I met some really reputable photographers that shot me and I really got a taste for it. And I just went out on the road and went, I was like, hi, here's my portfolio. That thing was heavy. Yeah, I've got dodgy shoulders from carrying that around on one shoulder. But you had this portfolio and I... And I had some good test shots. I had some quite good tear sheets because that's kind of what you're collecting and you needed to have. But tear sheets is like editorial, right? Tear sheets are from magazines. So that's always like the more credible thing. So you could rip them out of your magazine and you put them in your book. Um, But a lot of them were test photographs with young photographers. And a lot of time you did have to pay for them because... Mm, Because you needed tear sheets. You needed needed the pictures. They needed the pictures, so you split the cost with the photographer. You had to pay for the printing. And anyway, I went to my list... Models One, which is a big agency, Fun I don't know if tea. you've heard of them. Models One was at the top of my list. Then Storm, because Sarah Ducas. yeah, Kate Moss, you know, and then Premiere. Mm-hmm. And I went to Models One, and they took my book, and I was sitting out, and I could see them in the office, and they were looking at it and passing it around. So degrading. So I was sitting there for ages, and then they came out and they said. No, sorry. We've got a girl who really, looks really similar to you, and so I just took the thing and just walked out with my tail between my legs. Didn't have a mobile phone back then, couldn't and I fought, even phone anyone. Couldn't and cry. Phone, oh, This is going terribly wrong. Then I went to Storm. Pretty much the same thing happened. No. Yep. They didn't want me, and I was like, oh my god. And this photographer called Nick Clements was the one who's this beautiful, like photographer who shoots kind of like Bruce Weber, so really black oh, and white, beautiful, gorgeous gorgeous photographer, and um, he was the one that was like, you've really got to do this, so I was like, I've got to keep going, so I went to the third agency, premiere, and they
0: were lovely. And that's a big agency, by the way, right? Big
1: agency, so they became elite Premier, so you must yeah. have heard of elite, elite models, so they, Premier, a big agency, and they were like, we love you, we love you, you're fantastic, we want you to sign now, and I said, can I think about it? <laughs> Me, take me, take me. I was like, I was like, that's brilliant. I'm gonna think about it. So I gave them my number. And what then made you say I that? No, <laughs> I just suddenly got like this. i have got options. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was like, why didn't I just, I was chomping at the bit to get signed, and they wanted me, and then I was like, I need to think about it. So then Becky Peach, who's a fantastic model agent, she took my number and she called my dad because I was living at home relentlessly. We, we want, we want to sign her. We want to sign her, and I was like, "Really?" I like this. So then I ended up signing, and they were brilliant. They weren't just great at kind of encouraging me and helping with the modelling, but they were talking about which no agency does tax VAT, talking about wow. the money side of stuff and yeah. getting yourself organised. And you know, that was I never forget. That's huge, that. yeah, I never forget that. So that but also was... what a
0: window to a world of opportunity. Yeah, travel. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the martini ads.
1: The face of Gucci. I got to live in Japan for a few months as well, which, I mean, hi, can you see on my kimono tonight? She's still I loving I mean, my kimono, Japan had such a big impact on me yeah. and I, it's my favourite place in the world. You love it, don't you? I love it so much. But for a young woman to have those opportunities, that's, that's really
0: something. So blessed. But you also equally could have just shrunk in the face of that and you didn't, you dived in. Where does that come from? I don't know. It's great that you've got it. I don't it.
1: know. I just... Yeah. So I always surprise myself. So with MasterChef, for example, I, I, I realise that I am competitive and I don't know where it comes from because, because it's, that scares me, that side of things, you know, that sort of competitive element. Like I've nev- I never used to like sports day. Things like that used to really scare me. Mm. But when it comes to pushing myself, and I felt like with MasterChef, I was competing against myself rather than other people. And I think that that's where I excel is when I just feel like, come on, just try a bit harder. Come on, dig deep, what you're made of. Mm-hmm. And I get that really fantastic sense of self-achievement when I just really go for it. That's the thing I really wanted to jump into
0: with you for my third and final question. Before we see if everybody here would like to chip in as well and ask some questions... So, um, before we dive in to MasterChef and new experiences, Deepak...
1: Oh, my God, I'm loving this one so much. Yeah.
0: Um, Well, I loved mine. It went about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) So R.I.P. I'm,
1: I'm sort of trying to sort of savor it, but yeah, I'm the f- sugar makes me really like woo. Like, oh, no, no. I know. Sugar in the booze and the coffee. I know. What it's a magical combination. You're talking about raving. I'm like, where can we go? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a la-
0: la- Wednesday la- la- night in London. Someone <laughs> <laughs> will want us.
2: Well, the show's not stopped yet. I've got for you both Kahlua iced coffee. So oh, this really? has got our. Let me give you your drinks first of all, and I'll take those ones off you. This is for you, Lisa. You're not taking any of don't, don't
0: worry about taking
2: We're those away, <laughs> babe. We're okay, fine. okay. We'll leave them there. <laughs> we can clear up so for ourselves is made with our ristretto blend so it's got a bolder more intense type of flavor which really cuts mm. through the milk quite nicely it's that's inspired nice. by the markets of sumatra so it's distinct it's complex and it's bloody lovely as well. it? so i what hope to that you? A touch wood. so i'll let you enjoy the final drink of the evening and i'll get thank back to uh, my drinking thank
1: you, thank you you, thank you so very much <laughs> thank you thank you that's like <laughs> a, a milkshake isn't
0: it really? is Every single thing I've drunk tonight is dangerous because it doesn't taste boozy.
1: Mm.
0: It's the perfect blend. Yeah, nice. So talk to me about MasterChef and new experiences and putting yourself in competition because at the beginning of of this, we started talking about how, you know, how discombobulated you can feel when you're menopausal. You want to hide away, you want to shrink, you reduce yourself down, you don't speak, you don't try new things, you're scared, and yet you're not. Uh, Obviously, you've been through that. Um, but I thought, you know, when I first saw you putting yourself up for MasterChef, I thought, go on, Lise, <laughs> Put yourself under pressure at a time when most of us just want to go and literally hide away. What makes you want to try and put yourself under such intense pressure?
1: So it wasn't a decision that I said yes to immediately. Isn't it? No. And I didn't ask to do it. Some people asked to do the show. Can you believe that? I was like... <laughs> but I turned 50 this year and... It was so weird. So I was in Dubai and I was working on this morning, and I was sitting around with all the producers, and they were like, "You know, what show show would you do next? Would you do?" And I was like, "I've done. I've done Strictly. I loved that. You know, I did. I'm Celebrity. mm, Not so much." Uh, would you do MasterChef? And I said, absolutely not. I just just, just don't want to put myself in that position anymore. I just don't want to challenge myself anymore. I don't think I need to. You know, the menopause has, like, knocked my confidence for Mm. six. And I just don't think I've got anything to prove. Plus, I love cooking. and I don't want it to take the fun out of it and that pressure to be too intense. Um, And then... I love watching MasterChef, but I'm on the edge of my seat when I'm watching it, and I'm like, (gasps) it's stressful, and I'm like, are they going to do it in time? And Greg's like, walk away, walk away, and you're like, you're just like, stressing. He's like, put your bow down, stop cooking, and I was like, (gasps) So as as a viewer, I'm already like, I'm drinking like a bottle of wine just to watch the episode. So I thought, how am I going to do that? I think
0: I would have had a breakdown and gone, stop shouting at me!
1: Oh, and they do shout, and then you've got knives, and it's like, really dangerous, you know? Hot things, I'm sweating, I'm having hot flushes. Yeah, like, Jesus, just want will lie down. Yeah. Put some spray on, some more gel. Yeah. Um that's the HRT. Um, so so I so literally, no word of a lie, I'd had that conversation with the producers. Four hours later, I was getting ready to go out for dinner. My agent calls me. Um, I was supposed to go for my 50th to go and see my best friend, who by the way, I didn't tell you who I met through the other. So that was the Clooney. really important part of meeting him. Yes, that was great. I digress quickly, but I met her through him, yes, and, and she's she, my longest friend for the last twenty odd years. She's, and you're really close with her, right? Yeah, yeah. She's, she, we call ourselves salt and pepper, and she's Aww. like my sister. So, how did you meet her through George? So she was married to her ex-husband, and I was with George, George, the other George. And Lisa's new boyfriend,
0: current boyfriend.
1: My fiancé is called George. Fiancé is called George. It's handy. It's really handy. Because
0: in menopause, menopause, it's just like, just keep it simple, babe. (laughs) Keep it
1: simple. (laughs) Just always stay with the same name. (laughs) Anyway, just quickly, because this has been so important to my life. I feel like you meet people for a certain reason. And yes, it was great to meet him. And he was a great... Lovely person. Person to 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 know. But you got. But I got her, and she is my, like, heart, and I love her to bits and pieces. Who is she? She's called Michelle. So, basically, I was supposed to go and see her for my 50th. There is a reason to this. So I was supposed to go and see her for my 50th, and my agent calls me and says, must have got involved. And I was like, shut the front door. Like, seriously? I've just said I don't want to do this show. And she was like, I really think you should. And I'm like, what, what, universe? What are you doing to me? I've just said no, and now it's come in. So, anyway... I took about a month to think about it. I spoke to the talent booker and I was really like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Did you speak to anybody that had done it before? Um, well, Jeff... I drank too much, I forgot what his name is. Lovely Jeff. you know, Brazier. Jeff.
0: Yeah. Brazier. That was a random guess from me. I'm just amazed that I can remember Lovely anything. Lovely Jeff
1: Brazier. Menopause moment. Yeah. Or is it the boons? Um Cocktail number three. <laughs> so, Jeff Brazier, I was with him in Dubai. And he'd done it. And he'd done it. And I said, I don't want to do it. And he goes, yeah, no, it's a really hard show. I wouldn't do it if I was you. Anyway, <laughs> next morning, we go for a walk on the beach and go for a swim. And I said, Jeff, you never guess what. Marsha, what would you do with the show? And he was like, really? I said, I know. Can you believe it? And he goes, and I said, I don't know. Maybe I should. Cut a long story short. It took me about three weeks to decide. And just as I was, I was... Going to Iceland for my 50th birthday. This is George taking me. Right. My George now. New Taking George. me. <laughs> Not new George, like forever George. My forever you know? life partner, gorgeous George. Beautiful George. And I'd just spoken to uh, Sue Green, who books all of the talent, and she was like, I think you should do it. And I was like, why? And we had a really long conversation and she was like, you love food, you know food, you've travelled, you've eaten in some great places and I have. I take pictures of everything I eat. Nobody can touch their food until I've taken a picture of the plate at the table. So I I basically said to George, I've said yes and he was so proud of me. So proud, he goes, I think this is going to be the best thing for you. So I said yes and then went to Iceland and we had the most delicious food and I was like, I can do this. I can absolutely do this. You're
0: a great niece. Thank you. But honestly, I mean like knowing the um limitations that perimenopause or menopause yeah. can put on you. Yeah. What I can't imagine being okay with at the moment is being in a hot environment where all eyes are on me and I'm on a clock and somebody's shouting at me because I will turn around and tell them exactly where to go because I have no tolerance.
1: Yeah, I did say that to Greg once. Did you? I I was a bit... I didn't actually say really bad words, but I was just like, if you could just, like, can can I just get on with this now? Like, I'm really up against it. You go away, Greg. Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I could have done it two years ago. I don't think I could could have done it two years ago. I no, it's just that I've I, I haven't come out of the other end. I don't think you ever do with, with menopause or perimenopause. It's a moving target. Things change. Mm. Just you just it it fluctuates. But I just thought, well, I'm in this good space. I quickly do it. Quickly do it. And then I thought, well, I have to win then, don't I? Because I've put myself out there. Came third in Strictly. I was terrible in the jungle. I've got to at least win something.
0: You're bloody brilliant on Strictly. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, but I didn't win.
0: <laughs> You're in the third, final. In third. You're I know. in the final. See, this is this this competitive thing, comes... I like in. this. Yeah. But you know what? It was lovely to see you doing it, and it made me realise that that will come back to me. I promise you, you will get yeah.
1: that fire back in your belly, and that's why I wanted to do it. And I said, I feel like I've just turned fifty, and I'm, I've turned fifty, and I'm just getting started. That's kind of my mantra. Good. I don't want to see this as the end of my life. I want to see this as the start of yeah. something new and exciting. Good. Yeah, and I want to do it for all of the women who feel like they want to just fade into the background and give up and be invisible because that is not acceptable to me. It's not acceptable. No. That is not an option. You know, women contribute so much to the economy, and it's not cool for me to think that women from 45 and up just want to give up. And I've got a lot, a lot of messages, a fantastic amount of support from women who have been watching the midweek menopause, have seen the stuff I've gone through because obviously I've been very honest. I've cried, I've all sorts of stuff. I've just been an open book, and I, I wanted to do it for everybody. For those women. Keep doing it, this yeah. Because there was even a couple of months back, you had a wobble, mm. and you came on and did
0: one of your midweek menopause madnesses, and you just, you cried. Uh, yeah, and you were saying, I'm being horrible to George, I feel like everything stopped working, I'm back to ground zero, and I had had exactly the same experience, and I thought, if I say out loud, this isn't working, it's like admitting the worst defeat ever, and where do I go from here? Yeah. And the fact that you shared that...
1: It is... It's not one-size-fits-all. It's not. You can't just get on uh, you know on your HRT and for everything to be fine again it is a moving target it's a gentle balance and things get in the way you know life gets in the way triggers stress when you don't sleep if you're you're still jumping into new experiences like
0: MasterChef and testing yourself in amongst all of that and that sort of gives me permission to not be so scared I mean at one point I thought I feel like somebody stole me. I've been burgled and, you know... Body raided. If I was once a grape, I'm definitely now a raisin. And I'm feeling less raisin-like these days. And a lot of that is down to you.
1: Thank you, Kate.
0: You're amazing. Thank you, darling. So, before I, before I send you home, half pissed, I hope, with three cocktails inside you, pissed is there anybody totally here in our, in our audience that would like to ask Lisa any questions? You've heard the extraordinary life that she's had to live uh, so far. Any questions from anybody?
1: There's nothing left to unravel, isn't there? I literally <laughs> like, just like spewed out my whole life. How have I done that so quickly? Any questions from
0: anyone else? Yes, there we go. Yeah, The first one's always the bravest. I was ready for what's your name? Alice. Hi, Hi Alice. Alice. Hey,
1: so Thank you for a great episode. It's been really, really lovely to hear you talking. It's so nice to see such two such great friends and letting us hear your lovely conversation. So thank you for sharing that with us. Oh. Um, I was going to ask you, what's your... Favourite way to drink coffee? What's your favourite coffee moment? I I do love an espresso martini, I think. Yeah, after dinner. Yeah. It's a really lovely treat. But then even in the morning, I'm like, I do love... An espresso martini? No. (laughs) I mean, maybe. Some days. (laughs) Throw that vodka in your car. Lockdown was hard on all of us. (laughs) I do quite like like that ritual in the morning of, a co- like, that first coffee It's My favourite day. drink of the yeah. day is
0: my first mouthful of coffee. I have to like say even that.
1: just wrapping your hands around the mug and that warmth, and mm. it's just like, oh, I just love it. I just feel like it just resets you, gets you ready for the day. It does. Yeah. It would be the last thing I gave up. It's no, thing. it's got to be... Pr- and it's like the ritual of making it as well. Yeah. It's like the whole, like, it's the all the paraphernalia and the smell and the beans and then the thing, and it, it's just gorgeous. It's the process. You know when people go, I don't like coffee, I'm like... We can't be friends. <laughs> we can't be friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's just, yeah, everything about it. Just... you want a cab? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Take a room. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else with a question? Yes, hello there. Hey! I, we're going to run a mic down to you. What's your name?
1: Similar to Alice. Alicia. Hi. Alicia, Alicia. hello. Lovely Hi. to meet you. You too. Thank you for an amazing episode. I've loved it. <laughs> um, I know you're a foodie. I'm a foodie. So, what's your favourite restaurant in London? Favourite restaurant in London? Um, that, but do you know what? There, it, I love Japanese food, so um, do you love mm. it too? So there's a little tiny restaurant called Dinings, and it's opposite the Swedish church near Marillabone, so sort of hidden away. Honestly, it's a, you would never see it. It's tiny. It's like a little sushi bar. Um, the head chef's called Kenji. He's fantastic. There's a little restaurant downstairs, and George and I go there, and we just get him to just... He just makes stuff and we eat it. We never order anything. It's honestly like the most amazing. love that. Like you just try everything and all the specials that he's got, all the fresh fish, and it's just fantastic. Um, but they do like a sesame, a sesame seed cheesecake. They do like, honestly, like the, the combinations that he manages to get Together, I tried to get him to teach me how to do the shrimp tempura. Did you see? I did the. Did you see Chef? So I did that Japanese fish. Ah, I did the Japanese fish and chips. You know, and you, so they were so good. It Wasn't that good? I just who came me- up with that as so an idea? So as soon as they said we want you to do a British takeaway, I was like, I'm just doing shrimp tempura. I'm doing, and I was like, I'm doing wasabi mushy and peas. All these things would just come to wasabi, me. Wasabi
0: mushy peas. But why successful.
1: has that not been a thing? Because we so have good. those hard wasabi peas with the you know so I was like oh just stick some wasabi and some mushy peas and like it will be like a cool so, good. so I should have gone to him because I think that and I looked I watched loads of YouTube videos. So I think you're supposed to skewer your prawns before you fry them and then take it out so they're they're is that right? Long. Who knew? And I did try it a few times but in the end I just did it and just put the prawns in and they were a little bit cold but I did it on a sushi plate. So actually they needed to be quite small. How much prepping did you do at home? Loads. practising? No loads. So, so George was well-fed. George was well-fed. The final dish was the duck dish, and there was no duck in the area. Literally no duck breasts around, so we'd have to drive quite far. And I think I did that dish six times. Yeah, I practised a lot.
0: You have to. If you want to make it good, you have to practise. Did you do the same thing that Lisa Faulkner did? So, when Lisa won, you have to keep it quiet for ages, right? You can't tell anyone you've won. And then it's announced that you're doing MasterChef, by which time you've pretty much... Filmed it, right? Oh, good, yeah. And then everyone's like, "Oh, good luck!" And you're like, "Yeah, thanks." I've won. (laughs) Oh, I hope it goes well. Don't worry, it did. I've won. (laughs) But you can't do that. You're like, "Oh, you're only good at cooking? Good? I'm brilliant. (laughs) I've won." (laughs) You can't do that.
1: They sent me the trophy quite early on as well. Did they? I mean, like, what are they thinking? Like, I'm really, on oh, am a big mouth. Anyway, it was on the shelf. <laughs> a few and drinks I, and an yeah, Instagram and live like, later. Guess what have got? And I'm doing selfies in my trophy <laughs> and the series hasn't even started. They were terrified of that, but I managed to keep it down. But I remember we had somebody come in to give us a quote on some plumbing work and the trophy was up on the shelf. <laughs> And I was like, no. No. And I did this, like, (laughs) slow motion, grabbed it, stuck it under my jumper, and then threw
0: it in the cupboard. It was just, yeah, trying to keep it. So we had Danny Jones on, and he made it to the final. Yes. Like, Danny's on a previous episode of What My Question Time. Have have you interviewed him since Moschev? I said, tell me, did Lisa Romel do all right? And he went, I went, oh, my God, did they make it to the final? He was like, oh, God.
1: Oh, see, that would have been hard to, for you to interview me before everything was announced. Yeah. I don't know if I've got the right poker face. I would have been like, <laughs> give me another drink. And i will be like... Without saying too much, I did quite well. It's all right.
0: <laughs> Let's just put it this way, I can do more than toast. I saw you cooking on This Morning, you did a cookery item.
1: <laughs> I was like, I did. come on, She's so even doing dresses now, she's doing fish. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I feel like I've been practising that all my whole life. Did you not ever do that when you were younger? Like, do, like, a Blue Peter, like, chatting and go, and here's one I made earlier. And you like, and I just dip it like so. And you just do that. I mean, yeah. I feel like I've just been that person all my life. I mean, you must do that, right? Do you sometimes pretend that you're on TV show? Right. There we go. I'm not alone. Isn't and so it. It, that felt quite natural to me. But, yeah. yeah I, brilliant. I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving the new direction. Well, I really
0: can't wait loving. to see what you do next.
1: Yeah? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the
0: difficult conversations, the brilliant conversations for the forks in the road, the food in our tummies, the inspiration that you constantly leave in your wake. And if 50 is a whole new beginning, I can't wait to see the next chapter unfold. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in thanking the wonderful Lisa Snowden. And to Law and to Acas for the incredible hospitality this evening. Um, and My thanks to you, as always, for lending us your ears to our producer, Maria Nibs, and the Yahoo team, who produced the show with me. Um, as always, though, our beats are provided by the brilliant Andy Bell. Another huge thanks to our sponsors on this episode, to all the guys and girls at Law. Um, and I'll be back with more great guests. But until then, thank you for your company. Yay! Oh, I hope you enjoyed listening to our very special live uh, episode for the Law Secret Podcast experience. We had the most spectacular evening, fueled by delicious law cocktails, and of course, great chat with the incredible Lisa Snowden. What more could I ask for? Head over to Law Espresso. That's L O R E S P R E S ocom to get your hands on some delicious law coffee.